know, it's normal for I think a male to live right until age 85, females 87, 88. You have a 50-50 chance to get there now. And that's totally different numbers than it was several decades ago. So we need to plan for that. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Glad to have you on the Retirement Reality Podcast along with Mike Koyanen. I am Ben George. And today we're talking about risk. Yeah, we talk about risk all the time on the show. We kind of explain, hey, you want to make sure you know how much risk you're taking on in your portfolio. You want to change the amount of risk as time goes on when you're either building towards retirement or into retirement. But what about the different types of risk? A little more detailed conversation today on the podcast. Welcome in, uh, Mike. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, good chatting with you again, Ben, and um, looking forward to uh, this fun episode. Yeah, I know we talk about risk all the time, and that's a, you know kind of one of those buzzwords in financial planning. You just got to make sure you have much know how much you have in your portfolio, mm-hmm. and you work with people on that. But I don't think we ever totally talk about the specific types of risk, and there's a lot of them. Yeah, there are. I mean, there's, uh, I think, five, six of these I think we're going to go over today. And I think a lot of people don't think about them, but this is something we do address in our meetings through our process with, with people who come in here, just to make sure we address all of these uh, with our clients. Let me remind you, if you haven't joined the podcast, you can find us online at principalpreservationservices.com. Mike is the founder and owner at Principal Preservation Services. We archive every episode on the, the, the website, so you can go back through a lot of great conversations, uh, especially from 2020 and beyond that uh, we've had on the show and that you'll benefit from. If uh, if you Even if you don't work with Mike, you can go through and, and listen to all those as well, plus some webinars and other resources he has on the website. We're going to have a couple of mailbag questions a little bit later on in the show as well, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But let's kick off uh, this conversation on risk. And you know, look, there's, there's many more risks to guard against in retirement planning than most people actually realize. And and, you know, we talked about you know five specifically that we're going to list today on the show. And I want to kick it off with one that I think everybody is probably the most familiar with, and that's market risk. I think that's the thing that everybody kind of thinks about the most when they hear risk is, hey, I just want to make sure I'm not too exposed to the market. Yeah, I think that's the biggest one that people are concerned about as well. But, you know, we see when people come in here, <laughs> you know, as you know, we deal with primarily pre-retirees, retirees, people who are in mid-50s, typically in older, is, makes up 95% of our clients. As you get older, most people don't want to have as much in the market. And I ask them that, and they go, yeah, we, we have less tolerance today than we ever have because we've had more in our accounts than we've ever had. So, of course, they're the thing is that, you know, bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. We don't want to have to take any uh, extra risk on. But when we run the reports, we're finding out that typically, I think majority of the time, it's 85% of their money, if not sometimes 95% of their money or more is in the market. And they're really shocked at that. And I said, because, you know, they hear, they hear like the previous episode, we talked about jargons and buzzwords. They hear that they think they have some level of safety and unfortunately they don't and sometimes they were put in some specific products like maybe a variable annuity that they thought their money was safe but it's still a mutual fund so it still fluctuates daily and they had no idea they thought it was safe so um yeah market risk is one to address because you want to it's okay to have money in the market we're just saying you want to qualify how much percentage of what you have overall should be in the market as you're approaching retirement or in retirement to make sure as as there's a there's always going to be cycles and, and bubbles in the market. We all know that, Ben. We just look at history. It just tells us that's what happens. And we saw that last year 
an unexpected bubble that popped and uh, on bear market, uh, the health the health crisis issue with coronavirus. But we need to be planning for that, and we uh, we hope for the best, but we plan for the worst for, with all of our clients and try to reduce that market risk down, um, the percentage of money in the market down, while also adjusting your risk tolerance what's in the market. Yeah, I think we don't have to go very, back very far to, to understand the market risk. A lot of people experienced that during 2020, so they're very familiar with the first ones. And that's the one we always kind of think about. So let's dive into some more that maybe you don't think about as much, and let's go to interest rate risk. And I think a lot of people just assume, hey, I'm not borrowing very much money, so I don't have to really worry about interest rates if they go up. But there's an impact of those interest rates on other investments, right? Yeah, um, that's bonds. And I think a lot of People think that you know, as you get older and closer to retirement, you're going to be in a. We've heard of these 60/40 portfolios or 50/50 portfolios, which is the percentage of equities in relation to bonds. So 60% equities, 40% bonds, or 50/50 equities and bonds. Well, the problem with the bonds uh, are interest rates can't really be any lower. <laughs> we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, you can get a, uh, you know, uh, actually. Uh, Casey in the office just got a different house, and I think two and a quarter percent on a thirty-year. Wow! He got, yeah, and it's like, how can you get any lower than that? I I remember back in the mid '90s, I bought my, I think it was my second home, and I think or that was late '90s. I think I got five and a quarter, and I thought I robbed the bank, you know. So let's just look back in history. So we look in the '80s. I didn't have a mortgage in the '80s, but a lot of my clients obviously did. And you know they said, man, we paid 15%, 16%, 20%. These are mortgage interest rates back in the 80s. And as we've seen over that, the last you know three, four decades, interest rates dropping and dropping and dropping. Bonds were doing well because as interest rates drop, bond values go up, but we can't be any lower. Eventually these rates will have to go. Somebody's gonna have to pay the price uh, for stimulus checks. Um, multiple ones, and not only that, just just national debt. Look at what the, our debt is. So when we look at that, there's two ways to to fix the national debt: is either cut back on spending, which hasn't happened, or it's also increased taxes and rates. So inflation is going to come. So with that, rates go up, bond values are going to go down, and we're not going to see a lot of great performance in bonds. I don't think in the near future. So um, you have to be concerned with that. You know, is that a really appropriate part to put? money in your portfolio in a big part of that in bonds. Yeah, that interest rate can impact you. And it, and you kind of touched on our next one a little bit. You mentioned inflation. And I think that's one that people aren't really thinking about as much in terms of a risk, but it can be a risk to your 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 retirement, really. And, you know, especially mm-hmm. for people that are going to rely heavily on Social Security or pensions for their retirement income, that inflation can be a real problem. Yeah, it is. Uh, when we do our planning, we always factor in uh, um, inflation about three, you know, three point one five, three point two five percent, just to make sure that your money's going to last, keep up with that. We know Social Security does not keep up with inflation. Um, in twenty twenty one, they only give a one point three percent cost of living adjustment. We know cost of living is more than that, but on average, over history, Social Security is averaged right around a two percent cost of living over the history of Social Security. So they're still not keeping up with it. Pensions is another thing you mentioned, Ben. Is a lot of these private pensions have zero cost of living adjustments. It's nice to get the pension, but even 3M right down the road, a lot of these employees that were there for 25, 35, 40 years get a great pension, 
but it's also not adjusted with inflation, has zero cost of living adjustment on it. The only time we ever see that is government pensions. You know, federal government, state government, usually they have, you know, one, one and a half percent inflation rider on their rate uh, increase on there. But that's, again, that's not keeping up with true inflation. So that's why you have to make sure that when you're doing planning that uh, you ha- your, your investments are covering up those gaps because your monthly expenses of you need you know five six grand a month today in 20 years that's going to look about double that (laughs) and you're going to need more money per month and we know social security and pensions won't make up that so and also you got to look at the inflation too is you know a lot of people put a lot of you know keep too much money in the bank sometimes and banks just are not paying anything and you, you have you have inflationary losses because if you're even in a CD getting maybe 1% right now, inflation's at three, you're losing 2% a year. Yeah. So you're not even keeping up with inflation there. And savings accounts are even even more pathetic, you know, 0. 0.1, 0.2% maybe as a rate return in those. Sometimes you can find these high, high yield savings accounts online or certain banks have them, but those are at best 0.6%. You're just losing if you keep too much money in there. So you have to be conscious on that, that you're not losing dollars to inflation as well. Yeah. I mean, those those rates have dropped quite a bit over the last year. I remember like I was getting over 1% in a savings account and thought that was mm-hmm. decent. But now I looked at, I checked at it the other day and it was 0.4% is what it's dropped to. And it's just, I looked at yeah. CDs the other day too, and you can't find a, re, a rate over 1%, it seems like anywhere. So yeah, yeah it's difficult. It doesn't make sense to lock it up for five years to get a, a, you know maybe a tad better. It doesn't make sense. Right. Rates will in- increase over time, I believe. All right. The other uh, part or the other aspect of uh, retirement planning and especially income planning, uh, you got to think about taxes and how they will impact your retirement income and the tax rate. I mean, we're all enjoying the tax rate where it is right now, but a lot of people aren't considering that rising taxes are going to really impact what their income looks like. Yeah. Uh, one positive on the taxes, once you go from working years to retirement years, um, you don't pay into Social Security, you know, and Medicare, which is nice. <laughs> so you save that, you know, both of those 6.2% just for Social Security, because on retirement income, you don't do that. But you're right. Taxes, we know go up because ha- we even have property taxes we have to be prepared for. We Because um, I just got my tax statement here last month and ours went up. Um, I don't know what, what percent it was, probably about 5% from last year to this year. You know, but also, you know, the tax rates are going to expire here at the end of 2025, right? So we have to be planning for that. So these brackets that we're at right now, 10, 12, 22, 24, um, and so on, 28, I think, and, and I don't have them in front of me, but those are the the modified tax brackets um, when this whole tax reform is either going to be repealed or it's going to just run its course through 2025, these rates are going to go up. So you have to be prepared for that. And another interesting thing on the taxes is Social Security and understanding certain states tax Social Security, certain states do not. 13 states do, and including that is Minnesota. Wisconsin does not. So the the two states we have offices in, but you need to be prepared for that. And we're finding is when people take Social Security at the earliest or earlier than they should, they're going to pay more in taxes. <laughs> because if you could delay Social Security longer, that means only part of your Social Security is taxed, most likely, which means you don't have to take as much out of your IRAs or 401ks to meet that that need. But if you're taking it earlier, 
you're taking more money from your investments, which means you're paying more full taxes on that. So uh, we like to show people the difference by taking it earlier or delaying it some, uh, and it's actually usually going to help with taxes. So be aware of that tax rate risk. All right, our last one, and I think we've talked about this a little bit on the show in a previous episode, but longevity risk, that risk that uh, you might live a long time, which is what we want and what we hope, but yeah. have you done a good enough job planning for that long uh, retirement? Yeah, we want all of our plans, hopefully, to get you to 100. <laughs> now, people are like, ah, shoot me if I get past 85, or, you know, you hear these things. But, you know, with advances in, in you know, medicine, healthcare, um, nutrition, people are exercising more and more cognitive of our health status. Uh, you know, people are living longer. And, you know, the statistics show that we have, you know, it's normal for I think the male to live right till age 85, females 87, 88. You have a 50-50 chance to get there now. And that totally different numbers than it was several decades ago. So we need to plan for that. We want to, you have to make sure that not only your money is keeping up with inflation and interest rates and you know all these other things that we've talked about already, but longevity. And you know, ladies, you have a little more longevity in us guys. And so I think it's important when you're doing the planning to make sure that you're both gonna live you know, a good life. Uh, but also, what if just one of you you know, one passed on and the other one's going to live till 90, 95. Well, you want to make sure there's enough funds for that survivor, that widow, widower. So we want to make sure that um, that that situation is going to be okay. And I think that's what we, we always do. We run that scenario. I always, it's easier for me to show the guy doesn't make it as long because guys can handle that a little easier. So I say, I'm sorry, Bob, but you're, you're, we're showing you're, you're gone at age 85. I give you permission to live longer, but we just want to show, you know, um, you know, what Susie's retirement looks like if you were not around. And, and some people have some health issues. They said, show me if I only make it till, you know, 75 and we can do all that, but you have to be planning for both of us, both of you two, living a long life and then at least one of you even longer than that you don't want to be just stuck living off of social security that's for sure that's that's not going to um, enjoy make your uh, retirement enjoyable you're not going to be able to do much either yeah for sure well how well have you planned for these types of risks market interest rate inflation tax rate and longevity these are all risks that you need to be thinking about and be planning for and guarding against in your portfolio Let's talk now about some mailbag questions. We got a couple of uh, different topics that came in through our, our mailbag. You can always find us online, principalpreservationservices.com. Contact this link right there at the top of the page. Uh, Steve wrote in and said, I have a variable annuity that seems to have a nice income guarantee associated with it, but I've heard several people say that variable annuities are usually a bad deal. What am I missing? Well, you know, Steve, doesn't mean that your variable annuity is, is something you can't keep or utilize for part of your retirement plan. Um, now, I think what we don't offer variable annuities to our clients, one thing is because the fees are so outrageous and if people really knew the fees, they probably wouldn't jump onto them. But we're seeing a lot of these fees are three, three and a half percent in fees um, because there's a mortality and expense fee, or a rider fee, an annual fee, an admin fee, a sub-account fee. And you don't see all those fees on your statement, Steve, but it is in the contract. So some of this comes out before you get it. It comes out of your returns, and you're only seeing typically one fee on your statement, which is the rider fee. Um, now, 
that might the income on there might be just perfect for you. We don't know that. Um, that's why it's important just to find out how is your variable annuity working. And they're all so different. There's thousands and thousands of different variable annuities out there from different companies offer them as well. So I just think it's part of that plan. We actually had a um, a client came in last week. They had five variable annuities from uh, a different company. They had no idea how they worked. So I spent an hour with them calling the companies, getting the information for them. And when it's all said and done, um, they're going to keep four of them. And because problem is they actually have uh, they're in surrender still. So that means they, they're in the contract yet. They haven't had them long enough to get out of them if they wanted to anyways without penalty. And I said, you know, this is going to provide some good income. It's a small part of what you put you have for retirement. Let's just get the most out of it right now. I think this is serviceable. Let's get that monthly income for them. Now, if you don't have longevity, those income riders, I don't think, are the best things for people who don't have longevity. They're perfect for people who do have longevity. Um, because even if you run out of money, typically they'll keep paying you those payments, even if if you're, the money's gone out of the account. But uh, I just think it's important just to get a review. If you come in our office, we don't call the, the advisor who sold it to you. We call the company who holds the money, whether that's Prudential or Jackson or Lincoln or Protective Life or Sun America or any of these companies. You know, we call them all, uh, Ohio National. We'd call and find out the details of it, how it works and see if that's something that you want to keep or not. So maybe a little more uh, additional planning for you, Steve, and you can figure out whether or not it is a good thing for you mm-hmm. to hold on to. All right, Teresa writes in. She said, what's your opinion of flipping houses as an investment strategy? Yeah, and I think <laughs> I've thought about that in the past uh, during the last bubble. Like, man, there's some really good opportunity. But then I also have to, then I had to remember, like, Mike, you don't even like working on, you don't like fixing anything. <laughs> you know? So, the uh, you know, the opportunity out there is great, but you also got to find out what's in your skill set and your, your giftings that, you know, that you have. So I think my wife would love it because she loves doing things like that. But it's like, do you really have the skills to do it? Or if you're not going to be doing a lot of the, the work on it, um, do you have the money to pay subcontractors to do it? And I'll just say right now, it's hard to find people who are willing to work and dependable as well. Do you have the experience? Do you have the funds? Do you have the ability to, to meet this, this timelines and deadlines? And markets can change. And what was a good deal one month and it took you two months to get it fixed up and put it back on the market, the markets could change in a hurry. And so that that's there's some risk associated with that. There's timing and there's there's you know, you have to have plenty of capital and be prepared for those unexpected bills. I mean we I think we've if you turn on HGTV or DIY Network, you're going to find all these flipping shows. And there's always something that pops up unexpected. And uh, there's something that was uh, I, I, I can't lose on this flip turns out to be, I'm just hoping I break even. So <laughs> is that where you want to spend your time? I don't know your situation, Teresa, but I would write down the pros and cons before you jump into that. Yeah, it's a great idea for many people. But when you think about all the details and all the work that goes into it, it's not an easy process and it's not guaranteed to to make your money. So you definitely want to think it through and evaluate uh, that decision. I agree. Let's close it out, Mike. Uh, Another good episode. And and I really enjoyed going through these different types of risks and helping people understand exactly what we mean when we talk about risk and making sure that you guard against these things because it can be detrimental to your future. And uh, that's what uh, Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services do with their clients every day. So make sure you check them out. PrincipalPreservationServices.com is where you'll find them online. Mike, thanks for the time. You are welcome, Ben. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll look forward to getting a new episode out next week. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. 
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.